Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this program, we talk a little bit about a recent New York Times interview that came out on September 26, 2019, entitled How Blink-182's Tom DeLonge Became a UFO Researcher. Well, I've read the article, and I think a better title would be How Tom DeLonge and his merry band of former deep staters came to be in possession of UFO metamaterial and why they aren't telling us what it is. We learn from the article that Mr. DeLong informs the interviewer that they have indeed come into possession of UFO metamaterial. And we'll get to that in just a little bit. Now, the article starts off and says, For decades, the discussion of whether or not UFOs exist has been debated in American pop culture and within science communities. They go on to say, that all reached a fever pitch last week when the United States Navy confirmed that <clears throat> three widely shared videos captured by naval aviators in 2004 and 2015 were indeed real and show what it called unidentified aerial phenomena. The unidentified part of that statement sparked excitement among UFO enthusiasts. Now, we've also discussed on this program about what it means when the government or the deep state, as I like to call them, uh, likes to change the terms, and by changing the terms, they change the narrative. Unidentified aerial phenomena. Now, you know, the term unidentified flying object has worked just fine for about 50 or 60 or 70 years. We probably don't need to change it. But when the authorities are allowed to change the uh, verbiage, then they're allowed to change the narrative, and that automatically puts them in control of the discussion. And the discussion should be here, here should be about one thing, and that is disclosure. And that is the government, when they have video recordings of this stuff, should be classified, it should be released for public consumption. Because they know nothing more about this stuff than we do, unless what they know about it is something that's, that's bad that they don't want to share. So, in my opinion, it's important to keep the terms here constant. UFO works just fine. But we'll move on. The three videos show mysterious objects in the sky and contain audio of pilots trying to make sense of what they are saying. They had gained notoriety since being published in 2017 and 2018 by the New York Times and a company called <clears throat> To the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences. Found in 2017, it is run by a team of 12, including several former government employees who try to advance society's understanding of scientific phenomena through the lens of entertainment, science, and aerospace. Personally, I have to call BS on that because we've already gone through this and talked about how these guys have a media company where they're trying to control the narrative of what we're talking about to... Uh, basically create a vision of what they see see the stuff is and it doesn't just doesn't just include uh, UFOs it includes all kinds of paranormal stuff so these people have an agenda they don't deny that so for the New York Times here to claim that Mr. DeLong and, and his and company are just about uh, trying to explain UFOs to us I don't buy it I don't buy it for a single minute Okay, and if you want to hear more on that, you can go back and listen to the old podcast. We cover it pretty thoroughly. They go on to say, as the news of the Navy statement spread, 
Many people took note of the Academy, and more specifically, one of its founders, Tom DeLonge, who was, from 1993 until 2015, a guitarist and singer for the band Blink-182. How many wondered, did the guy from Blink-182 become involved in UFO research? It might be hard for those not steeped in UFOlogy to see the significance in all this. Susan Gow, the, the Pentagon uh, spokesman who made the statement last week, said that the Navy had confirmed that the three videos that were in wide circulation are indeed recordings made by naval aviators recorded during their training evolutions. She also said that the Navy has always considered the phenomena observed in, these, in those videos as unidentified. Not only that, but the sightings have been part of a larger issue of an increased number of training range incursions by unidentified aerial phenomena in recent years, she said. And that brings us to Blink-182. We talked with Mr. DeLong, who is on tour with another band, Angels and Airwaves, and Louis Elizondo, the Director of Global Security and Special Programs for the Academy, about the company and what the Navy's response to three to the three videos actually means. All right, before we move on here, I just want to make a, a couple comments. Back when the Navy spokeswoman says, part of a larger issue of an increased number of training incursions by unidentified aerial phenomena in recent years. Increased incursions. So what's going on here? You have increased sightings of UFOs that are taking place not just out in a hayfield somewhere but right there at the training grounds or over the ocean wherever their training pilots at UFOs are showing up flying circles around them acting in intimidating ways and doing nothing to hide their presence in fact they're showing themselves they're picking out the most advanced weapon systems on the planet, okay? The UFOs are picking out the most advanced weapon systems on the planet and they're flying circles around them. Does that sound like somebody that wants to come over and have tea? Not to me. That sounds like an entity or whatever it is that wants to intimidate and create fear. They're showing up at the site of the most advanced weapons we have, and they're demonstrating that they can run circles around them and that we are powerless to control them. It is as if modern man brought a machine gun to a bunch of Stone Age people and just lit off 70 or 80 rounds. These things are one step away from taking physical action to start to, to start to destroy things. Or maybe they're not able to. But whatever's going on here, this is not a peaceful act. This is some sort of passive aggressive action that these things are taking. And it's become noticeable enough that even the Navy can't ignore it any longer. They're no longer able to just blow off and intimidate their pilots. It's gotten that bad. It's gotten to be that in your face. So what she really is saying here is that 
The Navy's getting concerned because they've noticed these things for a long time. But in recent years, these things have gotten so aggressive and they've gotten so in your face with the pilots that the Navy has no way to deny that it's happening. Now, that's a point of concern to me. No, I don't think the Pope is correct. I don't think these are our space brothers. Okay, they go on and say here in the article, we talked to Mr. DeLong, who's on tour, talked about what the videos mean, and then it says, uh, the following is an edited and condensed version of the conversation. The reporter says, I just wanted to say to Tom and Lewis, thank you again for giving me a little bit of your time. I know you guys have busy, busy days. Now, you know, I have to wonder, why is this Louis Elizondo here? Remember, he was a guy that was in charge of the X, uh, they say it's been, it's been uh, discontinued, the AA tip program from the Pentagon. And he's a guy, if you go back, uh, I think an episode or two, when we talked about the UFO metamaterials, Mr. Elizondo was one of the people that was interviewed in that for George Nash Report, I believe. Go back and check that out. And watch the video where George Knapp does this investigative report. It's awesome stuff. But why does he have to be there with the interview with Mr. DeLong? Is this just something where these guys showed up together? Or is this Elizondo guy kind of DeLong's handler? I just don't know. I don't get it. It just seems a little sketchy to me. But, you know, maybe I'm just paranoid. <clears throat> Mr. DeLong responds, sure, absolutely, man. How did you get into UFOs? Oops. Get back there. How did you get into UFO and space research? Dong. Well, ever since I was a junior high, I was in junior high. I was really kind of a troubled, rebellious kid. I got into a lot of trouble. My parents were working all day, and I was a skateboarder. And I was heavily into punk rock music, which is rebellious by nature. I would just do things honestly to try to get security guards and police officers to chase us to get some adrenaline. I remember being so bored during the summer and kind of going, "Wow." Where, where there's not going to be more of this, blah, blah, blah. I started becoming very fascinated with the idea of what else is there besides working a nine-to-five job. Then he goes on and talks a little bit more. He's, the interviewer says there have been a lot of headlines about the Navy confirming and saying objects seen in three declassified military clips, one from 2004 and two from 2015, are unidentified aerial phenomena why is the Navy's response so important to the larger conversation of UFOs? DeLong says, Everyone still looks up to the United States government as having the resources, the intellect, and the duty to deal with subjects like this. We've been, waiting, <clears throat> we've been waiting around as scholars and researchers on the subject for many decades and hoping to God that one day the government would come out and acknowledge what this is. This whole thing could be answered by the government. We're just waiting for them to come and help us with some of this research. This situation that just happened is literally something I and many other people have been waiting for, for not years, but decades. This is what we've been hoping it would do so it can really just ignite more smart people and intellectuals to get into this race and help us to figure out more about it. Well, personally, uh, I have very little hope that the government's going to disclose anything. The government's record of disclosure, uh, whether it's about new health remedies, whether it's about new energy sources or whatnot, has not been very good because the government's controlled by people. And people are greedy, and people 
like to get more wealth, and they do that by excluding the rest of us and keeping secrets. So if Mr. DeLong really believes this, I find him to be highly naive. I'm sorry. <clears throat> and as far as the recent revelations go, uh, it was one of two things. It was either disinformation or an accident. So none of that was done on purpose, as far as I can tell. So his faith that the government has all the answers is, and is going to give us the answers, that's about as pie in the sky as you can get. You know, if you've watched any of David Pilate's work, you can't even get answers about missing kids in national parks. So how on earth are you going to get the same people to give you answers about UFOs? I don't believe it for one minute. Now, uh, the, the reporter says here to this Lewis uh, guy, you have a background in the Pentagon Department of Defense. What does this response signal to you? And then she says he was a career intelligence officer with the Army, the Department of Defense, National Counterintelligence Executive, and the Office of Director of National Intelligence. Mr. Elizondo says, I think it signals an opening of an, the aperture, a willingness to be more transparent, particularly when you're talking about a a topic that has classically been seen and looked at with a sense of disdain and some degree stigma. I think this signals a new paradigm. I think it signals a willingness by some of the government to recognize data for what it is and begin to have the conversation that needs to be had. Well, I don't see that at all because we know what happened. The Navy came out and said these guys should never have released these videos to the public. So where he sees openness, uh, on the government's part, to me, it's just a mirage and, and highly suspect considering the gentleman's background. And I say that with all due respect. I mean, I just don't see the disclosure here uh, by the government going on whatsoever. I don't believe it for a second. And they have a picture of the guy here in the New York Times article. And it goes on a bit further. It says, uh, they ask some more questions about the band member, and then you got to get into the article for a way for a ways where the um, interviewer asked actually ask here has the academy gotten its hands on any materials to review, Mister Elizondo? Certainly. Are you able to share more about this, Mister Elizondo? Not at this point. We have to let the process take its course, and what we don't want to do is be presumptive either way. The last thing we want to do is jump to any conclusions prematurely. Ultimately, the data is going to decide what's, what something is or what something isn't. The, material, the materials come from a variety of sources. Mr. Elizondo, correct. That could be from people finding them all the way to the government. Mr. Elizondo, for sure. Fill in the blanks. TTSA does not limit itself as to where it obtains materials or information. In that process, we have to be very discerning. As I've said before, there's a difference between something that's truly exotic and something that fell from the alternator of a 1984 Cadillac. Now, this is, goes right back to what we were talking about before with the Mr. Knapp uh, interview, where they were talking about the metamaterials. And whether or not it's a good idea for a private company to have these, what could be almost supernatural materials in their possession. Now, you have a company here that Mr. DeLong and his fellow started this to the Academy of Stars and Science or whatever. And they're all about disclosure. Yes, we have to have disclosure. We need to have the U.S. government disclose everything right now. 
But then when you ask them, hey man, do you happen to have some UFO materials in your possession? Oh yeah, we have some. Well, can you talk about it? Oh, we can't talk about that right now. Uh, We have to do the study first. We have to let the data decide. Well, I'll tell you what I think. They have to find out what the stuff's worth first before they can talk about it. You know, if they, if I was going to believe these guys that what they really want is disclosure, this would be an open investigation. We would have people there in that academy that would be looking at the stuff. It would be open to the public, and we could all talk about it and see what was going on. It wouldn't be done in secret, because when you start doing things in secret, then you start having all kinds of questions asked. So I wanted to cover this article today because it just confirms everything that we've been talking about on this podcast about these materials actually existing over the and having been hidden away or stored away somewhere for uh, possibly decades where people have hidden them away. And now you have this group that has millions and millions of dollars at its resource scavenge the countryside they're like the ufo pickers or something you know i i can just imagine uh tom and this mr elizondo guy showing up like showing up at someone's house like frank and bob hey we're just here looking for some ufo junk you got anything laying around because that's what's going on right now we have this huge corporation going around more or less clandestinely collecting collecting metamaterial, real stuff from UFOs. And they've got this stuff scrolled away in a lab somewhere. And when this reporter asks him about it, hey, could we have a look at that? Nah, we're not going to show you that stuff until we figure it out what it's made of, man. We're not going to show you that stuff until the data tells us what it is. No, you're not going to show us that stuff until you've been able to exploit the heck out of it. So please, don't tell me about disclosure, okay? Because if they wanted real disclosure, we would already know where this stuff came from. We would know what they were looking at. And then when they decided what it was, they could tell us, well, it it turned out to be nothing, or it turned out to be something. I'd recommend that, you know, I don't recommend the New York Times too often, but I have to say the interview was worth it. You can go online and find it. And like I said, it's titled How Blink One Eighty Two How Blink One Eighty Two's Tom DeLong Became a UFO Researcher. It's worth a look. And uh, you know, I've given my opinion on it. Maybe I'm a little hard on these guys, but when I'm looking at UFO research, I'm looking for guys like George Knapp and the late Dr. Norman Lear who were open and just came out and said, This is what we found, you know, and then let people decide for themselves. So take a look at the article, see what you think. Uh, By the way, uh, if you like the show, stop by uh, Anchor, drop a buck or two off in the tip jar. It helps keep things going. And I've been working uh, on the other site, uh, ufowarning.blogspot.com. You can stop by there and check out the articles as well. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.